If you're looking for a podcast with all of the latest information on the next generation of gaming consoles... <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm not having it, sorry. No, 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 we we won't be doing that. However, this is comedy... Tragedy... Marriage. marriage. Welcome to episode 35, because last week was 34. Because I didn't count, but I did when I was putting it up. So this is episode 35 of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a couple of uh, longtime married folks sit down and watch a movie, TV show, documentary, whatever, and then we discuss it. Now we take turns each week, uh, who picks, and usually it is something one of us has seen uh, and, you know decides to show it to the other and then we talk about it uh i am stan the movie man i review films at stan the movie man.com as well as wimz.com when i'm allowed uh and also uh you can follow me on twitter at movie man stan you can also follow the podcast at ct marriage Joining me, as always, is the beautiful, lovely, talented, utterly divine, better half of mine. Other half, not better. But this week, I am Maud the Rapid Fire Broad. Mm. Mm. And this week was my choice as to what to watch. And out of more out of curiosity and out of an interest to see what this director would do, we watched... Capone. 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 Or, as it was originally going to be called, Fonz. That was what they were going to call it. Because that's how most of the time um, Al Capone is referred to. And when the one time he's referred to as Al by somebody that isn't an hallucination, uh, that person is chided. Yeah, his wife says, we don't use that name here. Yes. Uh, Capone stars Tom Hardy, Linda Cardellini, also Jack Loudon, Noel Fisher, Kyle MacLachlan, Matt Dillon, and more. It tells the story of Al Capone's final year uh, at his estate in Florida. He has had syphilis for 30 years, and it was untreated. Um, and it is causing um, his brain to essentially turn to, to, to goop. Um, and his family is with him. Um, there is some thought that he has hidden some money somewhere. He can't remember where he hid it. And the FBI is listening in on, they have planted bugs in his house and on his phone. Um, and they are listening into his conversations to see if they can figure out where the money is, if they'll give up the information. Um, this movie is somewhat based on fact, but a lot of its plot has been uh, created out of whole cloth. Um, and uh, the director of the film is Josh Trank. Uh, Trank is um, was for about five minutes the wonder kin of Hollywood directors. He directed in 2010 a low-budget found-footage superhero movie called Chronicle. Um, And it was really good. Um, It was made for very cheap and was a huge box office hit relative to its production budget. Cool. Uh, he was uh, mentioned, and I, I think actually at one point was said to have been hired for a Star Wars movie, the, one of the reboots, um, not reboots, one, one of the, the uh, sequel trilogy, the, the ones that just finished up. Okay. Um, then in t- uh, he got the job to direct a relaunch of the Fantastic Four the movie rights of which were owned by Fox. Um, that movie... Sucked all the pond water? Kinda. Okay. Um, now, he claims that the studio interfered, took the edit away from him. Uh, he at one point tweeted um, either 
not long before or just after the movie came out, we had a really good movie that you will never see. Oh, snap. And he made people mad. Yeah, well, yeah. The, he made the executives at Fox pretty mad. Yeah. Uh, there was also talk that he was difficult on the set, that he would disappear um, or would show up uh, impaired. Uh, the belief was he was using a lot of pot. There was talk that uh, the house that had been rented for him to live in while he was shooting the movie when he moved out of it after production Ooh, ended, he trashed the place. Was trashed. I don't know if that's true or not. That might just be internet rumor or uh, an intentional effort to make him look bad. But there were definitely problems in the making of that movie, um, and it was a huge budget, like a hundred and twenty, hundred fifty million dollars. Holy dollars, Batman! And I think opening weekend it did $20 million, which Ouch. is not a good sign. Whatever the opening weekend was, it was bad. And it had bad word of mouth from the beginning, before, you know, the average person saw it. Really stunk up the place, huh? It was not good. <laughs> um, so restrained, Stan. It blew it was, chunks. It was, oh, okay, there you go. Um, so... With the backlash from that, his feud with the studio, he got sent to what many called director jail, uh, where he was... I'm un- so sorry. I'm yawny, but That's I'm not fine. sleepy, and I'm not bored. Um, well, are you sure? I'm sure. Uh, Dur- director jail. <laughs> he, he went to director jail. He was exiled to Siberia, as it were. Yes, uh, and um, this is the first film he has released since then um and it was again made for a very low budget um and was released straight to video in part due to that thing that which thing we that we're not, not talking about yeah uh, it has a 20 million dollar budget this movie okay and um you know and there has been uh, there have been articles where he says this movie is his response to the terrible time he had for Fantastic Four. Ah, Uh, Because this was, apparently, he was in charge on this film. In the credits, you see he edited it. Yes. He wrote it, and he directed it. And And he even plays a bit part. Yeah, a small part. Uh, So, this is his, you know, declaration of independence, if you will. Now, whether that will lead him to a more mainstream career or whether he will be doing direct-to-video on demand for the rest of his career is hard to tell. And well, it will, and in large part, uh, depend on how this film is received. And, I mean, I think that there are options between the two extremes that you just laid out. Well, yeah, but he's clearly somebody who wants to work in... Um, if not big budget, then at least mainstream movies. Yeah. He's not looking to do TV work. Yeah. Uh, and this film wasn't originally supposed to be. No, it was supposed to be theatrical. So, yeah, he's, uh, it will, there's to lo- some degree, depend on how well this movie There's does. a lot riding on this for him, yeah. for him, is what you're saying. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so... Just, you know, we've already kind of covered the basic plot, but uh, Al Capone, played by Tom Hardy, is uh, at his Florida estate. Um, His wife, played by Linda Cardellini, is trying to take care of him as best she can, but he is deteriorating. He suffers a stroke. Um, The FBI comes to see him, to question him, and he just mostly babbles, and then he loses control of his bowels. That happens a couple of times in this yeah. movie. Um, and, uh, you know, his his son that uh, is staying with him, um, you know, checks in just to make sure this isn't an act at one point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, his... Uh, I don't... The, the white-haired gentleman that was there uh, who was like... I don't know Ralphie? if he was. Yeah, 
Is he a brother? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that character is supposed to be. If he, if 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 he's even a real life person. Yeah. Um, or if he's, um, if he is a work of fiction. Yeah, I don't. Know. A lot of doesn't say. A lot of I because I remember I was asking you about this. Um, how how biographical versus dramatic is this film? And well, you said, oh, a lot of dramatic. Yeah, there's a lot of dramatic. Um, for one thing, they never talk about how his syphilis was eventually treated with penicillin, which wasn't widely available until the mid '40s. Yeah, so it was he was on the the top of that bubble, right? Uh, but he, it had been 30 years, because in the movie anyway, it says he was infected with syphilis. At age 15. At, or younger. Um, so, yeah. And in the film, he's referred to as 48 years old. Yeah. So, uh, he, you know, his brain was honeycomb by that time. Yeah. Uh, and probably only getting worse. But um, the big problem he had was the stroke, and then heart failure, which is how he actually died. Gotcha. Uh, there are some things that happen in the film where you're not sure if he's dreaming it, hallucinating it, or if they're actually happening. There's a rather pivotal scene near the end of the film involving a gold-plated Tommy gun Yeah. that um, I think a big part of that was actually... Um, Based was, in... No. Big part of that was actually made up hallucination. Yeah, and uh, I found no reference to him shooting up his estate with a Tommy gun. Yeah, so the um, Google knows all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, too much sometimes. Meh. Um, so anyway, um, I was curious about this movie because of Trank, the director, and also for Tom Hardy, who. I think he's just a really interesting actor. Um, he got a lot of guff for his voice in The Dark Knight Rises, playing Bane, where uh, he sort of sounded like a British aristocrat or something. I don't mm. know. Um, but it was a bold choice. He also uh, physically transforms for many of his roles. So um, he's kind of methody. A little bit. Um, and granted, he has made some pretty straightforward um, uh, commercial fare. I don't remember the name of the movie, but he and Chris Pine play a couple of secret agents who are both who both fall in love with the same woman, and they kind of fight over her over the course of the film while being secret agents. I don't, I don't know. wasn't very good. Um, oh, that's too bad. We like Chris Pine. <laughs> we do. We do. We do enjoy New Captain, Captain James Kirk. Tiberius Kirk. Um, he, um, and for, um, for all many of his films, he goes through a significant transformation. transformation. So I was curious what he would do with this role and whether this would, uh, be a triumph for Josh Trank or if it would be sort of more the same. Yeah. Um, and I don't love it. But I don't hate it. I'm not meh on it. There's, it's a bit plotting. It could use, you know, it could have used a little more things going on other okay. than watching Tom Hardy's Capone walking around in his bathrobe. In a diaper. Uh, in a diaper, uh, you know, following noises that may or may not be real or him being angry about the um um the hell the grounds people and all of that not knowing who they are and kind of yelling at them a little bit or, or threatening to kill them there's a lot of that yeah um uh, so you know i could have used a little little faster pace on the events going on now see i think that the the meandering that happens that you refer to is integral to setting this mood for this and to um, to allowing the viewer to sort of descend into his 
madness, if you will, descend into his frustration. Um, I think that the the meandering and the wandering um, was by design in a way. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. And it it took me along with it meandering thinking this poor guy he's trapped inside this broken mind that doesn't work anymore he's trapped inside this broken body that doesn't work anymore just um very much like what we see in dementia patients and we both have familiarity with this and i'm learning more and more all the time because of the work that i'm doing right now um so i think that it was a very effective device actually I agree um, that you know, and them... it didn't it didn't bore me like I think it probably bored you. Well, I I just throw in a few more hallucinations. <laughs> I mean, I I could have used you know just something at early on. Um, I to mean, hook you in a little more. Well, to I know the meandering is, I mean, my father had Alzheimer's disease. He would wander, uh, sometimes outside. Um, he also called 911 one night at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and my mom woke up to a police officer talking to my dad. Yeah. Um, so. And we see a similar played, a similar scene played out in the mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just could have used a little, little more forward momentum. That's a, that's. Really, it wouldn't have to. It doesn't have to be shootouts and car chases and all of that. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed when he dresses up as a woman uh, for, for the, the car ride trip. for the fishing trip. Um, so it's, you know, it it, it didn't have it wouldn't have to be anything you know that explosive. Just a little more just, rapid advancement of plot. Yeah, yes. let's just let's, it moves it moves rather slowly at first. And I I understand that because we're sort of seeing the embodiment of his mind, this person who was probably more powerful than the President of the United States at his zenith. Yeah, for a period of time, sure. During during Prohibition. um, And was probably at one point obscenely wealthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, By the end... um, they imply in the movie that they're practically broke and they're selling off the various art pieces and eventually the furniture yeah, um, to survive, to, to keep the house and the lights on. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I get all that. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, um, I, and I, I know it's, it's the metaphor for his mind. Um, so I just, would have liked a little more something. I, it's difficult for me to put into words. Well, and see, I find myself um, not needing that, which su- frankly surprises me a little. Um, this, th- okay, I'm not familiar with Tom Hardy really as an actor. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I've ever watched him in anything that I remember anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not the person who goes to the movies regularly like you are, mm-hmm. so I don't know a lot of these hip, new, trendy people. Um, he's been around for a while. He's been around for a while. Yeah, but how how often do I see a movie? Maybe well, once a year. Yeah, well. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I... The first thing I noticed right off the bat is how horrible his prosthetic makeup was. Horrible. Okay, we know that Al Capone's face was both um, pitted with acne scars from his youth and scarred from, like, his mobster violent gang stuff, which is why Scarface was a nickname for Mm. him. But I I remember, like, asking you very early in the movie where he actually had some dialogue with words in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, something about this doesn't strike me right. And I don't know if it's all the prosthetics on his face or it almost looked as though his lines were dubbed in. And I don't think any of them were. I don't think they were now after watching the whole film. Mm I think it was just how jacked up his face was. And even though he was supposed to look like that, I get it, it still looked so fake. 
What specifically about the makeup? Was it his skin tone? Was it... Um... Part of it was the tone, um, as in the color. Um, part of it was... is It was almost as though I could see seams where things were applied. Okay. And that's just not... I mean, maybe that's my imagination. But if that is, in fact, what I was seeing, then that is faulty makeup work. Um if it was where you were indicating on the sort of the side and back of your of the neck which and, is where, and the jawline okay um i think a lot of what we saw was either makeup modeling model modeling yes um which where is it a, breaks down where it it's it's sort of dabbed on and then when it dries it sort of puckers um yeah, I think they maybe also call that technique stippling, mm -hmm. possibly. Yeah, that. And uh, and to get the uh, pockmarks, because I don't think Tom Hardy has pockmarks, um, they probably used a very thin appliance on his cheeks. Mm -hmm. And, of course, to get the scars on there, that was an appliance. Yeah. But... Uh, Dude's face was jacked up, It yo. was. <laughs> I, I didn't have any trouble with the makeup so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't later in, as he got older, and, and and again, this only basically takes place over the last year of his life, mm -hmm. with the exception of a few scenes of flashback, that kind of thing. Um, as we watched more, and I became more accustomed to the character and the face and everything, and um, as he got sicker, the pigmentation in his face did change. Mm -hmm. That was a makeup thing, and that um, seemed skillful to me. The, yeah. the, he had the, a big red mark on the side of his face and, and later on his forehead, like it, he'd scraped his head or something. Yeah, and I don't know if that maybe um, addresses other actual real-life scars that were there. But when he got, I mean, his his face almost becomes the color of putty. Mm -hmm. Like gray, pallid, sallow, mm -hmm. bleh. Just really, really horrible looking. Um, I also made mention of early in the film where the character actually speaks a few words. Mm -hmm. He does not have a lot of dialogue in this film. And as of, obviously, as he gets sicker and sicker, his dialogue is less. And his acting becomes better. Oh, okay. With the with the limited speech that he has, he does more with his jacked up face and with his the way that he carries his body when he's able to carry his body. Mm -hmm. um, that struck me, and mm -hmm. this is one of those things I'd really like to talk to Martin about because an, as an actor, he can um, he could break that stuff down and help explain it so that's a that's a valuable resource i'm missing right about now but um we'll discuss it later yeah a little bit um but yeah i think that his performance was really strong i enjoyed his performance i, I didn't say i enjoyed it but but no i agree his well, performance was very strong i, I appreciate thought. his performance yes I mean, it's not a fun movie. It's not a fun movie. There are moments of humor uh, and, you know... But it's black. It's very... Yes, it's very dark. Um, um, and and his hallucinations sometimes are quite vivid and, um, and quite involved. Um, there's like a New Year's Eve party um, in, his, in the basement of his house that he hallucinates. Yeah trippy trippy sequences the hallucinations really really cool and uh one whole character is a hallucination um and we don't figure that out until the end who i'm not gonna spoil it for everybody oh okay you can tell me on the break yeah yeah uh, because i'm not getting it the guy you went fishing with you think oh definitely yeah. Because he he never interacted with anybody else. But he was the person that Al Capone mentioned the ten million to. Yeah. 
So he had to have either been real. He was. We'll we'll discuss it more. Okay. Later. Yeah, this is making my brain twisty. Although I've already ruined it by telling, talking about the fishing thing. But anyway. That's a, um. You haven't spoiled yet. Well, not well, kinda, uh, because that's a pretty big reveal at the end. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I bring it out in people. Um, this movie's not been terribly well reviewed. It's got like a like a thirty-seven or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and um, you know it's well. That just shows how much I know because I kind of think it's brilliant. Really? Yeah. I am shocked and amazed. A little surprised by that. I, I do. It has a 39 on Rotten Tomatoes based on 103 reviews. Um, so they're saying a, it stinks the place up. Well, a quote from from their consensus, uh, Tom Hardy makes the most of the opportunity to tackle a challenging role, but the movie Capone is too haphazardly constructed to support his fascinating performance. Metacritic has it at a 45 out of 100, based on 33 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, you want to take a break? Um, well, we can, but yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with more Capone on Comedy Tragedy Marriage right after this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, if you could only hear the conversations during the break. Oh, he's going to edit that whole thing out. No, cause... I'm not. Uh, welcome back oh. to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Uh, we're talking about uh, Tom Hardy's new film, Capone, directed, written, and edited by Josh Trank. Uh, just Google him. You'll find out all kinds of, of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, so, uh, what you've already kind of given us an idea of what your rating would be, but uh, on based on a five-star scale, zero being horrendous and five stars being uh, transcendently wonderful, or worse to that effect, <laughs> what would you give Capone? It's not transcendently wonderful. However, I do think that it's brilliant. So I'm going to give it 4.5 machine guns. Wow. That, I know, right? I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised by that too, frankly. But it it reminds me of the lighthouse, which you did not like. I had to split my review though because I could appreciate the craftsmanship of it and the quality of how well it was made. Um, this movie, I'm not splitting my rating because I didn't have that lump in my stomach the whole time that made it not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoyed watching this film. I remember Linda Cardellini from when she was a young doctor on ER <laughs> back in the day when she must have started her career as a child because she doesn't look substantially older. Um, her portrayal of Capone's wife, um, she didn't have a lot of lines or dialogues specifically but there was a a tragic kind of warmth in her character that really sort of hit me in my feels in a way hmm. um the hallucination sequences drew me into the madness of a decaying brain mm -hmm. very effectively um especially just... the fixation on the little boy with the balloon yes um I it just I just think it's brilliant. I just do. And I don't know what I'm talking about, so I can say it's brilliant if I want to. Well, you can say whatever you want to. 4.5 machine guns from Rapid Fire Mod. All right. Well, uh, I like the movie. I could have used a little better pacing, but um, between Hardy's performance and a really good supporting cast um, and just some bizarre events that occur in the film um i'm i'm not gonna say it's terrific i liked it i'm gonna give it three and a half machine guns out of five uh i think it's worth the rental uh oh definitely it's 10 bucks to rent on itunes and probably about that we had a credit still right oh yeah okay cool we're gonna be working on a credit for a while <laughs> 
Uh, awesome sauce. But uh, yeah, it's uh, ten bucks plus tax on iTunes, or probably about the same amount on whatever platform you want to watch it on. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, it, it became more interesting because of the director for me to see what he was going to do um, after his exile uh, to Siberia. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, an interesting look at a, um, character from American history who is a villain, and yet, uh, we have a certain level of sympathy for him. Oh, you feel terrible for the guy. I mean, he can't control his bowels, he hallucinates... Um, he he becomes uh, barely verbal. Barely, actually, Massive for stroke. for about the last half of the movie, I think about the only words we hear and can make out are "o" oh, and "eh" and, and various and sundry other grunts. Mm-hmm. Um, although he does say "Tony" one time, a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, which is a pivotal subplot, um, which. I don't think it's true either, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not that into Capone. But um, it it's an interesting film. It's worth a watch. I don't love it, but... You don't hate it either. I don't hate it either. It's 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 interesting. The, the style and the visuals and the performances, um, it, just, it could just have moved a tiny bit faster for me. Gotcha. But... You know, it's it's still enjoyable. Okay. What have you been watching? By myself, not much of anything. But you and I tripped across something over the weekend. Yeah, we did. Um, it is uh, "Have a Good Trip," I believe is the "Have name a Good of Trip" it. is the name. Um, and it is um, a look at the history. And, um, and sort of, you know, just the history and the the possibility of psychedelics, uh, in American culture. It is, uh, a documentary that is definitely one-sided. Um, it is pro, uh, psychedelics. That's LSD, uh, psilocybin. Magic mushrooms, psilocybin. I always get those confused. Peyote, mescaline. Yeah. um, The the hallucinogenic, psychedelic, psychotropic, Mm -hmm. trippy, trippy. Yeah, it's substances. um, And there are a lot of. uh, There's a lot of interesting interview footage. A lot of that. uh, People you know, people you don't know. People um, who have passed on. Yes. Not um, from psychedelic use. Well. Uh, yeah, unless you that we know well mm, um, I, I, uh, Carrie Fisher and Anthony Bourdain are um, uh, this thing could, must have been shot like three years ago or something like that or over the course of several years well yeah but well, it's, and, just, it's just weird and as of the day we watched it Fred Willard croaked, and he has a tiny little cameo. Yes, he's in there for just a second. Uh, not as somebody who uh, talks about his... Um, it's not interview footage. He's just a little character guy. Yeah, um, but uh, a lot of comedians, Nick Kroll... Um, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman Natasha Lyonne um, drops in a bunch of little blurbs. There's a lot of footage with Sting talking about his experiences. Yeah, Sting's all over this. There are several musicians in this. Some you'll know and some you'll, like one guy's, uh, from the Grateful Dead. Never heard of him. I wasn't a Dead fan anyway, but, um, he's, he's in there a fair bit. Um, a lot with Carrie Fisher, a lot with, with Anthony Bourdain. I have to say it was, bittersweet seeing and hearing those people again mm-hmm. um anthony bourdain particularly is still very much alive in my mind um so um it was poignant to see and hear those two mm-hmm. um and it's it's an interesting watch 
There's a lot of very colorful animations. Well, um, yeah. And they do some some sort of out there recreations of some of the um, celebrities' trip stories, um, like uh, a couple of guys from um, uh, Workaholics from Comedy Central. They take part and and do a reenactment of one of Bourdain's stories where he. He thought uh, this woman he had picked up hitchhiking uh, had OD'd, OD'd and died. OD'd on quaaludes. Well, quaaludes was the last thing that she did. That was the last thing she did, but that was the thing that would kill you uh, of, of the things on she did. On top of everything else. On top of the alcohol and the weed and the uh, pay, or not, I don't think it was peyote, it was LSD. It's just, and, just acid, yeah. Uh, one just of the, acid. Just acid. One of the guys from um, the Beastie Boys is uh tells his story of a flat tire in the desert when this couple of antelodes of guys that at least as represented um in the animated flashback are either hispanic and black or one or the other yeah uh and tells his story of he thought he was going to be killed and it turns out they're a church group um, and, they, and they took him to tires. <laughs> yes, they took him to get. They took him to get an actual tire. I, I'm not sure how much of that could be real. Since was it mounted? What, did he know what size to get? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of um, interview with a physician who talks about the. Um, the side effects and what happens to you. This is your brain. This is your brain on acid, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But he makes interesting, he raises interesting points about the possibilities of rigorously controlled medical scientific studies about the possible benefits of these kind of substances um, with regard to the treatment of depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, and things that, experiments that were kind of happening back in the day that the U.S. government shut down. Because mm-hmm. um, we just can't have any fun and we can't have nice things. Well, no. Don't send me hate mail. No. Uh, well, and then there's um, what little... Uh, has been done as far as research indicates that small doses of certain of these hallucinogens can produce positive results in people who are suffering from depression, PTSD, mm-hmm. addiction to like alcohol yeah. or opioids. Um, but because they are Schedule One drugs, which is in the government's classification, they have no medicinal purposes. So they are just flat illegal, and it takes a huge number of hoops jumped through and red tape gone through in order to do some of these experiments. You have to have fur from the mane of a unicorn <laughs> and the blood of a virgin who was born on Neptune mm. and, you know, just some things that are hard to get. Yeah, that's that's, that's where it gets difficult. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I found that very enjoyable, like I actually stayed awake and watched <laughs> the whole thing, which a lot of times you'll flip something on the um the tv and i'm like oh okay this looks looks interesting yeah so but i actually stayed awake for this um, what else have you watched well i i watched the documentary uh featuring daryl hammond um, oh i saw a piece of that that was one of those things that i fell asleep but it looks really interesting and i need to revisit it my my own self yeah it's it Cause, is because he's a tragic character it is. Um, he he was put through hell. It's called Cracked Up. Um, um, Based on his autobiography, correct? Well, uh, this is just a documentary, but he turned his uh, autobiography, the title of which I don't think I can say. Uh, oh, because language? Yeah. Um Something like God, if you're not up then up there, then I'm effed. 
uh, words to that effect. But uh, he turned his autobiography into a uh, one-man show. Gotcha. And it covers him going back to his hometown, going to his old house. Both his parents are dead now. Uh, and I know you're a, many people will assume that the dad was the abusive one. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. It was the mom. And um, how that trauma got so deep-seated into his mind, this person who was supposed to be the one he could always depend on to protect him was not that, um, that he kept, you know, seeking ways to quiet his mind, and that included drugs and alcohol, um, and uh, meaningless relationships, and like a lot of people. he always was looking to sabotage whatever relationship he was in, including the marriage he had, and that produced a daughter, um, and he, you know, finally found a, uh, a doctor who figured out what his real problem was. He wasn't bipolar. He wasn't schizophrenic. He, he wasn't any of this stuff that he had been diagnosed and been taking drugs, you know, pharmaceutical drugs for. Based on those diagnoses. For years, he, had suff he just had suffered trauma. That was the root of his problem. And he seems, he seems to be a, a sad character, but he's not destroying himself anymore. And, you know, there's, there's some stories of his time at SNL about having to be, you know, taken out in a straitjacket um, during a dress rehearsal, I think. And uh, he's still on SNL, but he's the announcer. Gotcha. He replaced uh, Don Pardo after his death. Oh. So, uh, and I think he may do a character occasionally. Yeah. But, you know, that's, and he does uh, stand-up, too. He, they showed him at various, uh, at, at a club a couple of times doing sort of, you know, very personal stand-up, but still yeah. funny stuff. And he is a master impressionist. And the um, the voices thing plays a pivotal role in his story. Oh, sure. Um, but not because of the voices, because of how he categorizes the voices. So, I, I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, I also, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Cracked Up is on Netflix. I watched the entirety of what we do in the shadows. Oi, oh, bleh, okay, blech, pui, pui. Uh, on, uh, it's FX on Hulu. Um, they are in their second season. Uh. I think there's a total of 16 episodes. Oh, dear Watched Lord. them all in one sitting. Um, and, uh, all right, all right. <laughs> you slept through a lot of that, too. And what I didn't sleep through, I wish I had slept through. Well, okay, it's not your cup of tea. Uh, the movie it's based on, uh, which was uh, written by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, um, and they are executive producers and write and occasionally direct um, on the series. I was not in love with that movie. It's it's a mockumentary about peop uh, a documentary crew following the lives of a house of vampires. They're, they're all centuries old, came from Europe. Uh, one of them was like the king of his country, but he got run out for being way into pillaging. Um, <laughs> was that Nandor? Uh, yes, that's Nandor. Okay. And, see, you were paying some attention. I, I couldn't and, get away from it. And there are two more there as well as... As well as an emotional vampire who's just this bald, nebbishy guy who actually sucks the energy uh, from people because he is so boring and it feeds him. Oh, well, his girlfriend Evie was way worse. She was oh, yeah. a psychic vampire. Like, everything was well, miserable. Actually, she was the emotional va vampire. Yeah. He's just a psychic vampire. That's what, that's what his deal is. But uh, he is... The, the humor is very low-key. You're not going to be on the floor laughing. 
Um, but I I enjoyed it. I, I went through 16 episodes in one afternoon, and uh, I I liked it. It's uh, also there are some very interesting um, guest stars from time to time. Uh, for instance, a vampire trial was held, and it uh, consisted the jury consisted mostly of very well-known actors who have played vampires in movies. Tilda Swinton, uh, also Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, because they were in What We the Do movie. in the Shadows. Yeah. Um, there, Paul Rubens, who played a vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Um, and um, I must have missed that one. Yeah. Um, That's kind of clever casting, actually. Yeah, and that was sort of the joke. Yeah. Um, so, and also uh, Mark Hamill played a, a vampire with a grudge against one of them in the last new episode that came out. Um, again, you're not going to be on the floor laughing, but there are, it's, it's just so well written and well done, and I'm enjoying it. So I'll try not to foist that on you any more than I have to. Just if I look like I need a nap. Turn it on. Okay. That will that will get well, me there. Uh, there are no more episodes right now, but there will be soon. So I will always need a nap. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I've met you. Um, and also, I started um, Ghost in a Shell. Ghost in the Shell, um, uh, an anime series that is uh, considered an original series from Netflix. Uh, it's, um, of course, the long-running manga anime, I don't know, uh, from Japan. This is uh, done mostly with CG as opposed to traditional animation. Uh, and it tells uh, the story of um, Ghost and the team, and they are um, they're sort of farmed out to this government... Uh, agent to subdue this weird character and things go terribly wrong. Um, I'm about, I don't know, six episodes in on that one. Um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's good. Um, well, I would hope after six episodes you'd be digging it. Uh, they're short episodes. Cool. So that, that helps on that front. Yeah. Um, so you, you got anything? I really haven't. Um, my last couple of weeks, as you know, have been kind of fraught, mm -hmm. and so mostly what I've been watching has been just the, the windmills and the, what the is it? The kaleidoscope of, of your mind? The windmills, the windmills of your There's mind? There's no breezes moving the windmills of my mind at present, so, um, no, I'm a, I'm a hopefully sort of pull, pull myself up out of this thing uh, um next week is my movie choice right yes. so um i may have to pull out a big gun to pull me out of the dumper and i've got like a handful of, of things that are guaranteed to do that or i may really just need a good cry and i've got a few things up my sleeve that i could subject you to for that as well so well we'll just we'll see you know i am i am a, an easy cry so. Really? Did you not? The Inside Out, and the one, oh. and the and and then the little short we watched before that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's you. Yeah. I. That's what I said. <laughs> I am an easy cry. Well, then I I I. I'm formulating a plan. Yeah. Awesome sauce. All right. Um, before we leave you, uh, we got a five-star review that I'd like to read. You. What? No. Well, we got it a while ago, but I'm, you know, I'm just remembering to pull it up and Oh, please and read to it. share and make me feel good about my life. On iTunes. This is from Sarah. Oh, well, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> they don't need to know that. Um, Snaffle. Yeah, Sorry. a little bit. Uh, it is entitled entertaining, funny, and helpful. Oh, my. Yes. 
Uh, in the review, she says, You scroll and scroll your favorite streaming service in search of something to watch. It's tedious and overwhelming, right? Enter your heroes, Stan and Maud, a long-married couple with fun dynamics and great movie-slash-show reviews without giving spoilers. Well, we do occasionally. Uh, they watch lots of genres, so no matter your mood, they have a suggestion. They're funny, each having a different take on the film in question. You'll be smiling and taking mental notes of, quote, what to watch next, unquote. Definitely recommend. Thank you, Sarah. We Aww. appreciate that. A five-star review. Our first and only five-star review so far. Actually, our first and only review, review so, so far. far. Uh, so, do us a solid. Make Stan happy. Hashtag fame horror. He just wants to feel affirmed in his mission to entertain about entertaining. So... <laughs> Um, hit your favorite podcast platform, hit iTunes, give us five stars, even if you don't gush on like Sarah did, or even, you know, whatever. Just listen and review and rate and yes. give Stan something to live for. We would appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, uh, Anchor, Spotify, of and our our. Our host. Our host, Anchor.fm. Um, you can find us there. You can find us on pretty much any podcast podcast platform. Uh, and please give us the five-star review. That would be really, really bitching of you. Uh, next week is Maud's turn, and uh, it'll be a surprise for all of us, possibly including Maud. Um, really? So make sure you tune in then. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, uh, please send it to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Uh, give us uh, the title of what it is you would like us to watch and why you think we should watch it. Is it the best thing you've ever seen? Is it... The worst thing you've ever seen? Is it the ultimate trash? Does Do you smell... The awful coming off of the screen. Do you think it'll start a fight? Oh, that may actually be the best thing to send us. Uh, then please send that to us. Comedy Tragedy Marriage at gmail.com. That'll take care of it for this week. Until next time. Later. Later. Yay!